Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 261. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, howdy, you who fans. Hope you're all well. Hope you're keeping safe and healthy. Hope you've all had a cracking week mm-hmm. and that you've all managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. More so now than ever. Hope you've now done Absolutely. something Who related. There's plenty of Who around. There is. Yeah, there's loads. Yeah. Which is good. Torchwood's on iPlayer, which is good. Yeah. Which helped me out lots because when I watched this episode this morning, I've, I finished watching the episode literally about 15 minutes before we're starting to record. Oh, right. Yeah, because Adam and I live streamed last night on YouTube and afterwards I thought, well, it's cool. I get, I'll do the live stream and I can have a, a, a bite to eat and watch Torchwood. And I totally forgot because I was watching something else. <laughs> and I woke up this morning and I thought, ah, slight issue. Because I'd seen it a, a few years back, but obviously, for the review, I couldn't go into it. Not blind, but there'd be loads mm-hmm. of like little details that I wouldn't, you know, as you would expect. With our memories as well, it's equally as <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't, just can't do that. So, yeah, so I got the iPad out and fired up iPlayer and watched it that way. So it's very convenient. It's all good. It is good, isn't it? Something about having it all on the TV at your fingertips as well. I mean, even Dot Two episodes that I've, you know, got on DVD and stuff when it's on sort of twitch stuff it's so nice to have it just literally on the tv don't know what it is why it's so different no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at your fingertips yeah yeah it's all good so it's great that it's on iplayer um and also obviously all of new doctor who since 2005 is on iplayer as well yeah. has they got the uh i don't think they've got any of the jody stuff on there though i think Are it they? ends and uh, no i think it ends with um i think it ends with the capaldi stuff oh. i think i could be wrong 
Um, yeah, I don't know because I have seen the BBC advertise a few times. So that one of the you know bugs said Doctor Who series twelve, but but um, I don't know because uh, I haven't really looked looked for it, so I don't know. Uh, hold on, I've got it here. Hold on. Series 12. No, it is all on there, mate. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. surely. I was going to say, surely they would put that on there. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that. I thought it ended with Series 10, but alas, it's all good. So, yeah, that's even better than, yeah. So, we've got all of Torchwood on there, all of Newer Doctor Who. We just need Sarah Jane now. We just need Sarah Jane. And I'll tell you what, what a, time, what a perfect time to, to put Sarah Jane on. Like, oh, it's absolutely. the perfect feel-good thing that everyone needs at this time, I think. Definitely, yeah. man. start a petition. Yeah, that'd be awesome. How get cool would Sarah it be? Sarah Jane to... on. Get sa- yeah. <laughs> what do we want? Sarah Jane. Sarah when Jane, do we want it? Gonna... Now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so it is all cool. It is all good. Uh, and obviously, if you want to watch Classic Who, you'll have to fire up a different sub for that. You'll have to head over to BritBox. But at least all of... So if you um, if you didn't subscribe to the other ones, so if you didn't subscribe to Netflix or Disney Plus or any of those things, uh, you could have all of Doctor Who online really so you could have everything once they add sarah jane hopefully they will but you've got everything on iplayer and then you've got all of classic who on britbox that's everything digitally there exactly it's kind of cool that's why you know the radio times did a voting poll this week saying which would you like the bbc to repeat doctor who or blake seven that's why i voted for blake seven because a it's my number one show sorry who fans but i love it and B, I was thinking you can you can watch Doctor Who in so many different places. Like, give Blake Seven a chance. Get that on the TV because it's not as easy to, to sort of get. It's not as easy to find. Whereas Doctor Who's everywhere, isn't it? So, but obviously Doctor Who won, of course. Of course, yeah. Poor of Blake. Yeah. yeah. Blake. Blake. Actually, I fell for it. Is we're recording this on April the first, April Fool's Day, and I've, <laughs> I've already fallen for a really cruel. So there's a there's a Twitter account I follow called. Um, the making of Blake Seven. It's a brilliant account. Um, I don't know where he gets all these rare pictures from. I absolutely love it. And uh, just as I was going to bed last night after live stream, it was about five minutes past twelve. So he clearly couldn't wait to play this prank. He, I opened up Twitter and saw Blake Seven coming to Blu-ray at last. Make sure you pre-order it. If this, <laughs> if Series One sells well, more the rest of the series. And I was like, oh my god, finally, finally, the BBC are doing it because. <clears throat> they have been putting a lot of their classics on Blu-ray, like Faulty Towers and Hitchhiker's Guide and Quatermass in the Pit. <clears throat> so I was, it sort of seemed plausible. And then it was only literally after I liked and retweeted it, because I was so overjoyed that it was finally coming to Blu-ray, I suddenly realised the date, because someone underneath had put, yeah, nice one. And I thought, well, what do they mean? <laughs> oh, no, it's living April the 1st, isn't it? I was like, oh, no, I fell for it. Tup, <laughs> felt tup, like tup. McCoy when yeah. he realises it's the Rani. He says, it's the Rani. No. <laughs> <laughs> you all along. Yeah, but so I've already fallen for the first April fool today. Yeah, you have to be uh, prepared for April the 1st these days. Yeah. So I always, yeah, I've fallen for a couple of things over the years as well. So I always take everything with a pinch of salt. And it's you'd be crazy to do a proper... To do a proper, uh, any company doing it, like a release or an announcement or something, you'd have to be crazy to do it on April 1st because everybody would be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Didn't the BBC shop do um, a, a joke Marco Polo one, one year on April 1st? I think um, they did. They put up like a coming soon Marco Polo thing or something. Ooh. Do you, remember, do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. That sounds yeah, pretty BBC cruel shop. Yeah, yeah. I think if you Google it, I'm sure it's still floating around. I'm, I'm pretty sure... I don't know. Someone out there, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's where 
It was a very, I mean, that's very cruel. That is, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I don't know if it was BBC Shop, though. That's the bit I'm not sure about. But yeah, there was definitely an April Fool's thing with Marco Polo that was a bit, <laughs> a bit cruel. Yeah. So we haven't but, got uh, any, uh, we haven't got any news or merch to do this week. We haven't. Very light on that stuff because there's just nothing. Yeah, literally couldn't find anything of worth to talk about. So, so no news and merch this week, who fans. Dalek's out, I'll be pleased. He's still sat in the garden, loving it. Yeah. Do you remember at the end of anyone that's seen Shaun of the Dead? Do you remember at the very end where he goes out to the shed and he's got his mate as a zombie sort of chained up? <laughs> that's what Dalek Tat's like at the minute. He's in the <laughs> shed, self-isolating, so he's chained up and yeah, yeah. have to toss him a few scraps now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Little bugger. <laughs> so, yeah, we, he's happy because he doesn't have to come out of the shed and talk to anyone, so he's all good. Uh, before we crack on with our review of Torchwood, however, if you're new here, welcome aboard. Welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. Make sure you give us a sub. Just head over to whatever app or network you listen to your podcast on and uh, just do a search for us. Or there's loads of links over on the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. We'd love to have you as a, as a, blah, blah, blah. We'd love to have you as a subscriber so that you don't miss a show when it lands every single Friday. And we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. So connect with us there because we chat plenty of Doctor Who and we're on YouTube also doing some live streamage, which is all mm. good. So give us a sub there. And we did a live, a live stream last night, didn't we, bud? It was all good fun. That was really good fun. Yeah, it's really good fun indeed. Uh, an hour and a half just absolutely flew by because, um, yeah, we had lots of people chatting to us in the comments and stuff. And, yeah, just lovely. It's a lovely extra way to engage with, with you lovely listeners out there. It was really good fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, so give us a... I'll put a link in the show notes, actually. Um, but if you just go over to YouTube and search for The Big Blue Box, you'll find the channel there. Just give us a sub. That'd be cool. So come and hang out. We do those weekly, mostly. So come and hang out and chat Doctor Who outside of the podcast. It's always great, as Adam said, to connect with you guys. So, yeah, love that stuff. And thank you to everyone that jumped on last night. We had some great some great chats and some waffle and stuff. We did. It's, it's all good. So have you done anything, bud? Any Doctor Who stuff over the last week? We've been fairly chilled, and um, I've been doing a lot of the rewatches. So uh, on Twitter, there's been you know like Russell T Davis and has come back to Twitter, and also the Mothball came back, and he's coming back again. <clears throat> if you're listening to this on the day the podcast comes out, he's actually coming back tonight to do a tweet along for the eleventh hour, which I'm I'm going to try and jump into. So I've been doing loads of those, and they've been great fun. Um, and also our friends at Phantom, you know, the Phantom events, they did a whole day of Doctor Who um, on YouTube last Saturday. I don't know if you caught any of that. Yeah, it was in and out. absolutely it was, yeah. fantastic. Mm. They, they like got loads because they've obviously, they do, you know, little conventions and stuff every, you know, throughout the year, every year. And they've done lots of interviews and stuff for people. And they just dug out some really great interviews that they've filmed over the years um the one i particularly like well there was two actually it's one with um jago lightfoot you know christopher benjamin mm-hmm. trevor baxter that was a really really lovely interview with those two and then but the one i really liked was with deborah watling fraser hines and um uh zoe oh gosh i've got a name what's zoe's you know companion zoe uh, zoe yes Jamie. yep her yep Wendy Padbury. Wendy Padbury, that's, yes, that's the one. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a them on stage, and um, oh, they're just. I mean, Fraser's just such a cheeky chappy, isn't he? I love him, and he's got Wendy. He's really strong and forthright, you know, putting him in his place to his left, and then you've got Deborah, who was just so sweet, just 
telling him off and you know it was just a wonderful to see that stuff um i mean i didn't realize they had so many treats like that in the in the phantom archive so they're doing another one this weekend but um it's with philip morris and uh well i won't be able to tweet along with him because he's blocked me on twitter but uh, <laughs> so he's the guy that found um he found the web of fear didn't he and you know the archivist or whatever but yeah i don't know why he blocked me on twitter i must have he does yeah he's quite he's quite vocal uh is, is philip morris i mean he he teases a lot and i think i i must have tweeted something like oh just stop teasing the fans and tell us if you've got more or something you know and then i was blocked but um but i know he's he's really not been a fan of series 12 he's been slagging off series 12 something chronic on twitter so um i'm hoping he doesn't take this opportunity to pick that <laughs> up because like you said if we're all for having opinions but he's a bit vitriol uh yeah, when it comes yeah. to stuff but, but yeah anyway so i won't be able to tweet along with him because i'm blocked but there we are i'll probably still dip in just in case the wind's blowing in the right direction or whatever it is he always says <laughs> and he's going to announce something new <laughs> philip morris has blocked you on twitter i think How he's the only person i'm aware mate? of that's blocked me on twitter. i don't know i'm not generally the kind of person that gets blocked uh, i'm not exactly a controversial figure on twitter but uh yeah <laughs> well please make sure that you're able to to sleep okay tonight won't you and <laughs> well, yeah. yeah i'll try yeah. yeah i'll try i know sad times yeah that'd yeah, be cool I'll, yeah, yeah so. i'll still dip in to see what they they bring up so yeah they're worth a, a look on saturday yeah it's from two o'clock from two till five yeah it's called time space visualizer the missing episodes that's it yeah so just head over to phantomevents.co.uk you'll see it on there already got a big banner there ready to go so and I think they may have put some of those interviews I was talking about up online as well for you to watch. I haven't checked, but they said they were going to. Yes, so you might have. be able to find yep. those interviews on there. They are really worth watching. They have indeedy. Yeah. Yes. Yes, those guys are cool. It's, it's great they're doing, they're doing stuff like that because uh, – and they don't charge for that. You don't have to pay to go into the stream or anything, so – no, that's great. And they, they managed to get people like um, Sophie. They did an interview over Skype with Sophie Aldred live, which was really nice. She's talking about her book and stuff. And what's the other thing they got? They got like actors to come and do it. So they even got Graham Norton to pop in. And they he, like filmed a little bit saying, oh, I just thought I'd pop in and interrupt this broadcast. Because obviously, you know, when his voiceover came in on right when Rose was transmitted. So that was a nice little joke. And yeah, they really made an effort. And it's really good. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Yes. So that's all I've been doing, really. I'm, yeah, I've had a lot of time on my hands, but I've been mainly doing housework. <laughs> it's one of those things when you're quarantined and you can't leave the house. You just keep finding, like, you have to find stuff to do. And I've been, like, cleaning and, you know, putting, sort of sorting out boxes, rearranging figures on the shelf, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I read you. Yeah, yeah, but nothing exciting. Yeah, what about you, mate? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, same, really. Um, mm. The rewatch has been cool, although I did miss the last one. I didn't do the... The Vincent and the Doctor one. I've got no excuse. I just completely forgot that it was going on. That was really yeah. nice, actually. Yeah, so that was Matt Smith and um, Bill Nye and Karen Gillan and Tony Curran. Is that your same name? Yeah. yeah. They all jumped on Twitter to tweet along, and it was that was lovely. It was a really nice watch along that was. Just great to have Matt on Twitter. I wish these guys would stay rather than <laughs> jumping on, doing them, and then leaving again. So. Well, if fandom didn't harass them as much... <laughs> then they would stick around, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I think as I said last night on the street, I think Russell's still. He's still. I think he's his. still on there. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's still there. So we don't want anyone to beep off Russell because he's still on there at the moment. So yeah, that's cool. He's his obviously enjoying it. Yeah, his Instagram's cool though. Yes. He puts quite a few cool bits on there. 
Russell, uh, not Russell, um, Christopher Eccleston's Instagram is strange, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's weird, yeah. Like, if you didn't know it was, like, a verified account, you might you might be forgiven for thinking it was a, you know, a, a, yes. a, um, a, a rogue account because he does post some weird stuff. I think abstract is the word. Abstract, sorry. Yeah, sorry, for. Chris, not weird. Abstract, yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love following him because you just never know what he's going to come up next on his one. Talking of Chris Eccleston, I completely forgot. Mm. So last week or the week before when Disney Plus landed, obviously I signed up, pre-ordered and of got course. that. And due to the lockdown... It was actually my missus, actually. She said, uh, let's do a Marvel marathon at the weekend. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. When you say Marvel marathon, what do you mean? She's <laughs> like, yeah, the uh, all the films. Let's watch all of them. I thought, okay, well, can't watch all of them, but let's let's kick it off. Anyway, uh, on Sunday, when we got... So we did like four Marvel films on Saturday, which is cool. And then on a Sunday, we got round to Thor, The Dark World. Mm. And I forgot that Chris Eccleston is like the main villain oh, yeah. in the in the yes. big marvel thing so i get on me thinking i was like oh he's never really showed any interest in doing sort of big comic booky sci-fi stuff since doctor who so i thought that must be a money spender that one yeah i, I always forget he's in that because he's, he's sort of is he blue he's got like a blue face and he's all under yeah like a gray bluey sort of, yeah yeah, 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 yeah i forgot he was in that yeah yeah plays this dark elf elf character <laughs> malekith and uh, yeah it's not one of the better marvel films like no yeah nat bless her she was she was struggling at that point although she didn't mind the first half of it but anyway yeah it was just got me thinking i was like crikey i've forgotten i'd completely forgotten that chris was in that i still need to read his book um that's still on the pile of books of must reads um because i'm reading sophie's book at the minute Childhood's end i'm so close to finishing as well i reckon <laughs> i'll finish it today um but i might start chris's next because that is one that i genuinely sort of was looking forward to reading when i bought it so did you ever get around to reading it i can't remember no i didn't even pick that one up no. oh have you not okay no. yeah but it'd be out in paperback so you know what you think <laughs> yeah yeah that'll suit me actually it's not on the merch page yet um but i did i see that i think tom baker's releasing a new biography um i'm sure i saw it on his facebook page or something because it's not been like it's in the works basically yes Yes, and I'm looking forward to that because in his other biography, Who on Earth is Tom Baker, which has got him dressed as the Doctor on the front, I think there's about two pages of, about Doctor Who. <laughs> he, he barely mentions it. So I'm thinking hopefully this is going to give us a bit more insight to Doctor Who. Hopefully. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's a book you should read. I mean, it's even though it doesn't talk much about Doctor Who, it's a very entertaining read. Who on Earth is Tom Baker? <laughs> There's also an old, uh, there's an old Big Finish interview with Tom as well, which is good. I've forgotten what it's called. It's, I think it's just called uh, something to do with a conversation with Tom Baker or something like that. Yes, yes, it is. It was out a few years ago. That's a good listen, though. And also, if you ever, if you ever want to, ever want to laugh, um, I think they're called Dinners With or something like that. There's an interview with Tom Baker on YouTube. It's quite an old one. And, you know, it's back before, it's sort of back in the day when Tom had a bit more fire in his belly. And he's basically this guy used to just invite celebs around to sit and they would just chat and have a few drinks and a bit of dinner and he'd film it. Um, but Tom, I mean, they, they don't really get any questions in. Tom just sits there and just tells story after story. And it's so much fun just listening to him. But but he's quite, you know, the, the language is a bit bluer than perhaps he would be now. He's, you know, it's a bit of a younger man there. And um, yeah, he's obviously had a few drinks and it's, yeah. 
but some of the stories he comes out with are just hilarious. <laughs> um, it's a little bit uncensored, I suppose, is the best way to put it. So, you know, it's not the genteel old Tom Baker that we love now. It's a sort of younger, fiery Tom Baker that we love then. <laughs> right, so, right. Yeah, prepare yourself. But it's that's worth a look as well. That'll give you a laugh. Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, bud. Should we do some reviewage? Yeah, come on then. Let's get into it. Let's finally wrap up series one of Torture, shall we? Go on in. What is it? So, yeah, so this one is called End of Days. The first thing you learned when you joined Torchwood was don't mess with the rift. Too dangerous, too unpredictable. Shit. People are dropping through time and they are going to bring every disease in history through your doors. You scared enough yet? You can't control time. You can't send them back. What are you going to do? All these cracks around the world, they're diversions. It's what Billis wants. Open the rift. For God's sake. We need to stick together on this. I might put in the rift. That bloody rift. That blimmin' rift. <laughs> An appropriately named phenomenon. Because mm. it has caused a big rift within Torchwood. It certainly has. Bloody All rift. All screaming yeah. at each other and oh. Yeah, nightmare. Mm. Nightmare. So the synopsis for this one is the rift is open, obviously, because they opened it, which is not good. <laughs> no, it's bad. And now everything is going haywire, basically. Time is going nuts. They're all seeing premonitions and visions and whatnot. And it, yeah, and there's a there's lots and lots of tension between the team in this one. It's all kind of built up over the this first series, hasn't it? We've had little pockets of arguments and stuff and trust issues and everything going on and now it's all built up and we finally well jack finally reveals his immortality to the rest of the team mm. which he can't really hide or get away from anymore and uh yes it all culminates with the big big beastie hello big beastie. beastie yeah <laughs> uh, so he comes into the world and kills people without even touching them just his shadow is enough to to kill people and, yeah yeah which is kind mm. of a cool idea and then Yes, down to Jack to save the day, obviously. And then he's off with a doctor at the end. <laughs> so, yes, end of days. End of days. Series one. It feels like we've been doing series one forever. It really does. It really does. <laughs> what is this? Number 13, isn't it? I think 13 of, yeah. yeah. So it's been going on, what, I don't know, because we're on series three of Sarah Jane and we've gone through series 12 of New Doctor Who, and we've gone through loads of other episodes of classic and modern Doctor Who. It just feels like, are we still on series one? It's yeah. crazy, but there we go. Anyways, we're at the end, dude. What do you reckon to, to this one and sort of as a finale to the series? Yeah, I think it's quite a good wrap-up of the series because it's been quite an uneven series, series one, I think. And there's been some great bits. There's been some really sort of uh, awkwardness uh, a lot of stuff hasn't worked hasn't gelled but yeah so I think this has brought stuff together and I think you know the team are finally feeling like a team although they're all falling out but you're sort of starting to get them to know the characters as well by now um, and I think this is a fairly good wrap up to the series but having said that it's quite a messy episode isn't it it's it's got a lot going on in there um, 
but it sort of feels unsatisfactory somehow by the time you get to the end of it. But but overall, I did enjoy it. I thought it was one of the better episodes of Series 1 so far. Um, I, It's one of those annoying episodes. I just feel that it could have been a lot better, if that makes sense. Like, I enjoyed it. But I think, guy, oh, you had some really good stuff. You had Billis. You had this blimmin' Abaddon devil beast. And then they don't quite get utilised as well. You know, you could have cut out sort of five minutes of the sort of... Because there's a bit where they start shouting at each other and they kind of have exactly the same conversation they've had five minutes before. Like, Jack's just having to go at Owen. You open the rift. I, I did it to save you. And like, hang on, you've just had this argument literally like three scenes before. So I felt like, it, yeah, there were bits like that that could have been cut and we could have had... I'd have. I'd like to have had more of Billis. I mean, where did he go? He just... <laughs> He just won. He just disappears, doesn't he? We don't see him again, which is such a shame because I think he's really good. I love Billis. Um, but yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. I just felt, yeah, just slightly like, ah, oh, there was good stuff in there. It didn't quite, it felt like it needed another, you know, run through of the script maybe. It felt like a sort of third draft that maybe just needed pulling up a little yeah. bit in a few yeah. places. But yeah, overall, pretty decent, I thought, this one. Cool. Yeah, what do you reckon? I forgot to do the roll call. Sorry, I'll do that now. So... It was oh, first yes. broadcast on the 1st of January, 2007. So a New Year's Day episode. Oh, really? Yeah, what a good way to start the new, the new year, yeah. eh? Yeah. Um, so 1st of January, 2007. And I think this went out at the same time as the one of the Sarah Jane episodes, I think. Oh, okay, probably. Yeah, I think Because it they were out. running side by side at one point, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. I think mm. so. I can't remember which one, but I know it went out... Uh, yeah, Invasion of the Bane. Oh, so this okay. went out at the same time as the pilot for Sarah Jane. Anyway, uh, it's a 50-minute long episode, roughly. It was written by Chris Chibnall. Now there's a name I recognise. Yeah, it was directed by Ashley Way and, yeah, overseen by um, uh, Chris Chibnall co-produced this as well. Oh, did he? Mm. But it was overse- as- yeah, overseen by Russell T. Davis and ah. Julie Gardner. Uh, what do I think to it? So I thought this was one of the better episodes yeah. of series one, purely because there seemed to be, everybody just seemed to have, they, they've finally got past this sort of what felt like a never ending loop of everybody not trusting everyone else and all this backstabbing and all that mm. stuff. And there were some home truths that came to to the fore as well, which I'm glad about. And also there's some people that kind of turned a store, sort of turned a corner with their their outlook and attitude to things. So I like the fact that Gwen has now kind of had her eyes opened as to just how much she loves Reese and all that stuff. Yes. And also um, Owen, who has kind of had a big chip on his shoulder for most of series one, which I know is part and parcel of his character anyway, but... Um, at the end when he breaks down and, you know, gives Jack a big hug and all that stuff and, and all that. So that was good. Uh, the only thing that I wasn't too sort of pleased about is Tosh had hardly anything to do in this one. So she was very much a, what are we going to do with Tosh then? Oh, she can yeah, do some computery true. stuff for a few mm. minutes and then she can throw a few lines in and that's it really. So she mm. didn't have much to do. And as always, Yanto, apart from sort of uh, rough handling a, a weevil back into its cell. He was, <laughs> he was just, uh, you know, he was just there in the background 
you know, not doing much at all other than planting a big one on Jack, which I think is the start of their relationship as we go into series two, I think. That's right, yeah. Yes. I think so. So, and also the, um, I wasn't too fussed with the ending either. I thought, uh, I thought the, 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 the evil character, Billis, such a great character that they, they worked up, that he's popped up uh, throughout the series. And I think in this one, he, he tricked Gwen, doesn't he? He tricks her into bringing Reese into, into Torchwood. Yeah. And he, uh, he's got like a grand plan, obviously. He wanted mm. to bring this big demon monster thing, Abaddon, into the world. But then, like you said, mate, as we were chatting earlier, before we recorded, uh, it's just a shame, really, because he, he just did the off. He just vanishes at the end and... And the monsters, I, I felt like the monster, it felt a little bit like um, like an old 80s B-movie uh, sort of moment at the end where he's just sort of, it's like an old, one of those really old black and white Godzilla films where he's like yeah. stamping through the city and everyone's mm-hmm. screaming and running and dying. So it's okay, but it just doesn't have any gravity to it really. Even though it's a, it, it's a huge, massive monster, it just felt like, oh, this guy's going to be defeated within five minutes. There's no threat he, really here. And he was, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I, I think that's the thing that took the edge off for me was the, the ending, really. Like you said, I, I assumed Billis would pop up in Series 2. I thought, oh, you know, clearly they've let him get away because he's going to come back. And I think he would have been great if he did come back. But as far as I remember, uh, in fact, I'm 99% sure we don't see him ever again. Um, I think good old Big Finish have done a couple with him. I believe I'm sure. In fact, I know they have. I remember seeing him on the cover. So he's back on Big Finish, but he never pops up in the TV show again, which is a real shame. Uh, but yeah, the the ending to me felt unsatisfactory um, just because of that. And also, I didn't really. And you you often are quite good at explaining things that I I've misunderstood or don't understand. I didn't really understand how Jack killed the beast because if the beast is feeding off life energy, and Jack's full of life energy. Surely that would make the beast stronger, not kill it. Like I, I just didn't get how Jack's life energy was killing it. To be honest, it didn't. It seemed just like, oh, I need to wrap this episode up. Um, Jack's full of life energy. I know that kills the beast, but why would it kill the beast? It surely it just make it powerful <laughs> if it feeds off life energy. Uh, okay, yeah. So the yeah. Which, what, how did you read? How did you see it? Because that's I just couldn't get my head around that. So I yeah I read that as. The beast consumes life just by looking at or putting things in shadow. Yeah. And because Jack's immortal, that kind of, it, it felt like Jack has got like a an unlimited supply of life energy or life force, if you like. So he um, can't shadow it. Yeah, basically. so that just consumed okay. him and sort mm. of, you know, that's what I got from that, but. Yeah, no, that's a good way of looking at it because it did bug me afterwards. I was thinking, well, what? How? Why did that kill him? But yeah, I can I can go with that theory. That's that's sounds about right. Uh, that's why I come well, to you for these answers. Well, I don't have all the well, just how I how I looked no, at. It, I, I think, think it was um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, but that's the other thing that I wasn't too fond of either. Was that. Some, sometimes with Torchwood, it feels like we just default to the Captain Jack show. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sometimes. Mm. So the, the the other Torchwood guys, they uh, they they kind of, especially, and there, there are a few moments in this episode in particular where their loyalty is, is put to the test. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, 
a scene where Jack's like, look, I need all of you to try. I need like your undying trust. You need to trust me. And they all sort of throw that out the window, really. They all uh, sort of run past him and go and open the rift and they end up shooting like, you know, the really cool scene where, where Owen shoots him. Yes. So they've got no faith in him anymore. It's, tr- you know, it's all out the window, but then at the end, it's like, well, you know, I, I know that in the last sort of 10 minutes, mate, we, we've all tried to either kill you or tell you that you're full of rubbish and we don't know who you are. But if it's still all right with you, would you just mind going saving the world just for a minute? Yes, and we'll, right, and we'll yeah. pick this up, you know, when you get back. If you could just nip out and save the world, that'd be great. You'll be doing us a big favor. So I, I thought like, mm, you know, so there is a part of me that thinks, well, Jack, wants to do it you know he's like well take me here that was the other thing as well it was like gwen no one else but gwen drive me to this place and then she drops him off and then he's like now go (laughs) 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 just drive as far as she can do the off so i found the ending just a little bit kind of uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for really it wasn't terrible it was just i felt it was a bit um so it wasn't very it, it didn't have conviction, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was a bit, it's a bit sort of, predictable as well. And it? it's like, oh, Jack, yeah. of course, Jack's going to save the day because it's all been building up to that. I think yeah. if it didn't have the TARDIS sound, of, you know, the bit at the end, I think because I remember when I first watched this, when it first went out, um, I think I, I remember enjoying it. And then obviously, you know, when you see that scene for the first time, you're like, oh, the TARDIS sound. I think having that extra little bit added on at the end, that really does, that, that pushes up a bit. That sort of, it almost just deflects from, you know, thinking, oh, is that it sort of thing when it all wraps up? It's sort of like, you know, if it didn't have that bit at the end, that sort of cliffhanger of Jack um, seemingly being taken away by the TARDIS, I think it might have been a sort of a, a weaker episode, if you know what I mean. It sort of adds something to it, that ending. But otherwise, I think, yeah, it's quite a weak wrap up, I think. It was a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, and like I said, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like I was sitting there thinking, "Oh my god, I can't wait for this to finish." It was just when it was when it was all done. Actually, no, when, when it was done up to the point where Captain Jack had came back and he gives everybody a hug and stuff. Mm. Up to that point, I thought, you know, this is this is not the best ending of Torchwood I've seen. And then after that point, it does sort of leave you hanging it does it it did leave me wanting to watch it a little bit more actually because yeah everyone's confused again mm. you know they've they've just had this bombshell dropped on them that that jack is immortal it seems he can come back from the dead and then all of a sudden he's gone like they go on to get coffee gwen's only in the next room mm. and they come back and they're like where's jack i don't know he was here a minute I, ago so it's kind of cool that they've left the some kind of mystery and cliffhanger as well that's kind of cool I, I'd totally forgotten about that as well. Completely forgotten about that ending. Um, so you hear the sort of TARDIS. You don't see it. You just hear the TARDIS land. And Jack's like, oh, and then you see the hand in the jar bubbling. And you're like, oh, what's going on? And you, you almost, because I couldn't remember. I was thinking, Tennant doesn't like pop up in this, does he? I was thinking, they don't bring him in, do they? And I, I genuinely couldn't remember. And then obviously, yeah, you don't see the TARDIS. You just hear it. And then the next thing you know, Jack's gone. But then like you, that left me thinking, oh, I do. Now, where does what, where does that get picked up? Because it's not in Series 2. Series 2 starts with a brand new story. So I, I, until this morning, until we were chatting, I, I couldn't remember where that leads. So it goes into Utopia, basically, doesn't it? The Dot mm-hmm. 2 episode. So, but yeah, which is kind of, yeah, which is great. Um, and 
Um, but yeah, I'd completely forgotten about all that stuff. I, I yeah, thought that was a really good ending. Like you said, it definitely left you wanting more, which is good because some of the episodes in series one, they ha- like we said, we haven't exactly been chewing at the bit to get on to the next episode. We've sort <laughs> of been left a bit mm, by some of it. So it sort of feels like they've sort of upped the ante a little bit and they seem to be heading in the right direction. I, From memory, I think series two gets better, but um, we'll see when we start viewing it. But I, I think they start to gel a bit more in series two. I think things, so. things seem to click into place a bit better yeah. from what I remember. I think so. And yeah, so I think series two, it's only from, yes, yeah, so a series two, the same amount of episodes. I think it's still got the same 13 episodes thing going on. I can't remember if they even mentioned this though. Like it's so a kiss, kiss, bang, bang is the first story in series three in series two. Sorry. I don't know, does Jack sort of waltz back in and like, oh, put the kettle on, I'm back? Or I don't know if they even reference it. I genuinely can't remember. Uh, I, 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 from, I think they just start a new story and this just picked up in Utopia, I think. Uh, well, they, I think, yeah, so in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the team are still cracking on as Torchwood. Oh, okay. And there's this big, um, uh, there's this big sort of alien hostage thing going on, isn't there, in the first 10 minutes? I really can't remember. It's so long since I've watched it. Yeah, and he and Jack just walk, walk waltzes in. I haven't seen him for ages since he disappeared. Is it raining? Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> is and walking, it, yeah, yeah. Of course just, it is. If anything, every time, of course he's got to make a dramatic entrance in the rain. Yeah, yeah. He just <laughs> yeah. walks in and just shoots this alien that they're negotiating with in the head. If I remember, and that's and then, oh yes, yeah. So we yeah. just kick we just kick off from that point, and like you said, there's no mention of uh, there's no mention of um anything to do with the because the we were saying earlier didn't we, we didn't realize we well we'd forgotten that this is all a big arc sort of thing of over five episodes it mm. starts with captain jack harkness leads into end of days that leads into utopia and then over on doctor who there's a kind of loose three story arc with utopia sound of drums and last of the time lords that's right. So these five episodes, they're kind of, well, they are definitely linked together, but there's no, that they're never described as a definitive. This is a trilogy or this is a, a a thing. So, and then, yeah, in series two, mate, it's almost like it never happened. They just don't mention it. Well, I think they mention it throughout the story, uh, throughout the series about a couple of things that happened in series one, Mm. but not with any big significance. It's just passing references, but. The good thing is it has now left me looking forward to starting series two. I have to say, um, cause yeah, we've, we've liked tortured, but it hasn't, it hasn't had that Sarah Jane feel of, Oh, I can't wait till like when we get to a tortured episode, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's tortured. But Sarah Jane, we've been literally, Oh, I'm loving this. Can't wait till we review the next one. This is brilliant. <laughs> so, but I, this has left me sort of wanting to really get stuck into series two now, which I'm glad about. Cause I, I didn't want to get to the end of series one and say, Oh, that wasn't as good as I remember. You know, oh, I'm not really digging it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad that it sort of left us wanting more um definitely yeah. yes and i think well series well the first two series of torch were like the main the main sort of bulk of the content i think and when we get into series three it's not really even a series really is it it's like three or four episodes i think what children of earth children of earth well it's five it's a five part thing isn't it five is it mm. yeah and then miracle day series four that they trim that down a bit that's 10 episodes so I always think Miracle Day is really long. It, I know 10 is long. In my head, I always think it's like 20 parts or something. I don't know why. Mm. I'm glad it's a 10. And I'm kind of looking forward to revisiting that one because I 
don't even know if I ever finished it. I genuinely can't remember if I made it all the way through Miracle Day. Okay. So right. I'm hoping that one will be um, one that I sort of like better on a rewatch. I don't know. Yeah. So if, if memory recalls series three and four, so Children of Earth and Miracle Day, they, I think Russell takes the reins a little bit more for those ones. So in the, okay. in the first two series, they were, well, the, the main writer who he brought back the most was actually Chibnall. Oh, really? So he writes okay. the bulk of the stories for series one and two. But mm. uh, Children of Earth, for example, Russell wrote three out of the five. And for series four, um, he wrote the uh, the opening and the finale, but got um, like a solid regular writing team. So in like, like Doctor Who, we've talked for mm. series one and two, there's lots of different writers that come in and do that. But for series four, it's basically just Russell... Uh, Jane Eppinson uh, and John Chabon. It's just those guys mainly uh, who were who were doing that. So I think Russell had a bit more of a tighter grip on the story stuff. Yeah, which is I don't want to go into it too much, but I think is why I enjoyed the latter part of Torchwood's run versus the earlier part. So, mm. anyways, yeah, that's um, uh, stuff we'll get onto, I suppose, at some point when we get onto series two next month. Mm. I uh, feel like I'm getting into it more though. I think that's the good thing. I, I was when we started reviewing Torchwood, we got halfway through series one, and I, I've always thought I liked it more. I don't know, rewatching it again, it hasn't quite been as good as I remember. Um, well, I always obviously prefer it when it's the other way around. I like it. I'm hoping Miracle Day will be better than I remember. But series one struggled a little bit with it. There's been some good stuff, but I haven't really, you know, I, I remember really liking it at the time. But I see I've found a lot of flaws in it as we've gone through series one. And um, yeah, so it's, it's good. I feel like I'm sort of really starting to get back into it again now, which is good. Um, yeah. Yeah, me too, mate. It's um, I think over the series, we've it's been a real. Well, it's been really surprising for me because I remember. I just over the years when I when I watched Torchwood originally, I don't remember it being this well, especially series one, I didn't remember it being that disjointed and that hit and miss yeah, when me I too, watched yeah. it for some reason. But when, as you and I have gone through the first series, there's been quite a few episodes where we're like, uh, it's okay. But, you know, there's been quite a few things that I just don't remember it being like that when I first watched it. I remember watching it thinking, oh, this is great. This is like, you know, like the darker world of Doctor Who. This is, mm. you know, but yeah, it's just funny, isn't it? We always say this. It's funny how your opinion changes over the years yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I think I think the thing that I've struck me most about series 1 up until this point is that the cast have been written in many ways to be slightly <clears throat> I don't know if unlikable is the right word but they're, they're very flawed as characters and um you know I I said earlier all the stuff about Gwen having all the affairs and all that sort of stuff there's been a lot of things I thought they've been written to be you know, not necessarily that likable. Um, yeah. Although I have grown to like them now. By the end of this series, I think when we, they kind of tackle some of those flaws in this episode, don't they? Yeah. Um, they, I did. That's one thing I did like about this particular sort of finale as well is they do bring in elements from series one back. So we get to see, uh, you know, what was the woman's name that went off in the plane? The one that Owen was obsessed with. Um, Oh, he has, she comes back as a vision. What was her name? Margaret Rita or something. What was her name? <laughs> Lovely what, Rita. What was her uh, name? Uh, her name was. I wrote it down as well. 
uh, but I can't read my writing. Diane. Yeah, well, she she comes back. <laughs> and so um, yep. We see Cyber Woman briefly, don't mm-hmm. we? Although they have to give us a flashback to remind us who she is, I noticed. Um, so she comes back to haunt uh, Yanto. Um, who else comes back? So there's a sort of few little thread things that they plonk back into episode to sort of bring the f- series full circle. And I did like that. Um, I absolutely gasped when Reese got stabbed because, again, I'd completely forgotten that. I knew so- I sort of felt something might happen to him, but when Billy stabs him, it's really horrible. Yeah, um, that was well filmed, I genuinely actually. did go, oh, yeah. not Reese. So that we get was, all yeah. that stuff tackled about um, Gwen cheating on him. I actually thought that was quite a... I kind of felt like she deserved that as well because she's like <laughs> give, on her giving the whole sort of moral high ground. And Jack's like, well, you, you say you care about Reese, but you didn't think about that when you were in Owen's bed. <laughs> so, oh, Jack, you, you know, you're really... Not, yep, not messing yep. around. Um, so, yeah, I like the fact they sort of tied up a few bits of Series 1 as well to make it feel like a final. I think that's why I enjoyed this this episode in, in for the most part. Yeah, I mean, that's what's, I guess, depending on how you look at it, that's kind of the appeal of Torchwood, I suppose, is that unlike Doctor Who, where it does have to be aware of a younger audience, Torchwood can be a bit more can be a bit more adults with it. It's not, I'm not talking about just like the, the sexual content and the swearing and stuff, but in terms of the themes that it writes into each story and mm. the series as a whole, you know, that whole, I mean, it's such a great, the way he delivers it as well, just no hesitation. He's like, and you're right, sometimes she's like that, which is comes back to all those flaws that they've wrote, they've written into the characters where mm. she's taken the moral high ground and he's like, yeah, shut up. He, he basically <laughs> just brings her down to earth very quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and she doesn't like that. She gives him a big old slap and, mm. you know, and it all sort of continues to boil away all this tension and all this. The tension uh, in the episode is very good, actually. Yeah. I think that's because there is a lot of shouting and screaming and sometimes that can just cascade into being boring. But I think in this, they, they get the tension level about right. Um, it didn't. There was times that I thought it was going to sort of borderline into that OTT. But, um, but the stuff with Owen as well, I thought was good because there's that bit where he's like, well, I'm off now. Cause he Jack throws him out, doesn't he? Which I sort of found unintentionally funny, but he's like, well, I better say goodbye. Cause uh, he's going to wreck on me. <laughs> and you sort yeah. of had visions of Owen sort of checking his shoulder, uh, you know, in, in the alleyways and stuff like that. Like, when's he going to do it? Like he's going to, I know it's going to do it when, you know, when's he going to get me sort of thing. But I thought that was quite good as well. I liked all that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I've got a question for you. Oh yeah. As we, uh, I was meant to say actually that scene where Billis just appears in the in the cells. Oh yeah. Tortured and stabs Reese. It's a, the way they filmed it was really harsh because oh. Billis has got no expression on his face. He just. But I've got a question for you. Mm. Why did Billis stab Reese? Um, don't have an answer to that. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Like, what has what has Reese done to Billis? Yeah, what's his motive? What's Billis's? Oh. Because, from no. what I gathered, the 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 motive for Billis was to just open the rift. Oh, sorry, I've just figured it out as I've said it. Yes. So Billis knows that in order to get Abaddon out of ah. the rift, it needs to be opened fully, instead of because at the moment it's just split open, isn't it? And it's you know times rupturing and stuff. Of course. Yes. So yes. If Reese is dead, that's going to trigger 
Push guys her to, over the edge. To push him to do, I've answered my own question. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it does. Yeah. That would be it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very cool scene, though. It's a. It's um. It's creepy as hell. It is. Yeah. And there's another really creepy scene as well. There's a bit where Tosh's mum appears in the hospital. Oh yeah, that's right. And yeah. They're, they're talking in in Japanese to each other, and and then as somebody walks in front of her, she just vanishes. And I know it's just that. All of them are having these weird sort of visions, I suppose. But that one was particularly creepy because when uh, Gwen has her vision, it almost feels like real life. Like uh, Reese has still got emotions and they're laughing and everything, everyone's happy. And when Diane turns up, when Owen's in the bar, she's very emotional and stuff and he gets emotional and stuff. But when Tosh sees her mum, her mum's got this kind of dead stern dead dead eyes it's almost like a horror mm. film moment where mm. you know so i found that one particularly creepy it was very cool though I, that was a cool part of the story having these various visions and stuff turn up which kind of prompts them into to doing certain things I, but, I, that's know. the thing i like the bit with with um reese because because he shows here him dying in the flat it's quite a good idea because obviously she then thinks well if i get him out of the flat that can't happen so that's how I like that sort of idea of you know trying to change the course of of you know the future, um, even though you know it's all going to go wrong. But I also found it frustrating though because he's in the cell and he wakes up and she's just staring at him and you know he's like, "What are you doing?" And she's got plenty of time to just say, "Look, I've had to move you because it's going to save your life." Just you know, that's all she needed to say. But instead, she just doesn't. She gives him all this cryptic dialogue that just probably made him feel even more anxious. I said, Gwen, just, just tell him you, you, he's locked in there because it's all kicked off and he needs to be in there to be safe. <laughs> so, you know, she had all that time to explain, but she just keeps saying all this cryptic, trust me, darling, or whatever. It, you know, it's uh, it's for your own good. You know, but she doesn't actually tell him. I'm like, it's it, it really frustrated me. I don't, you know, if I was in that cage, I'd be going crackers. But yeah, all she had to say was, I've had to put you in here because it's all kicked off and it'll save your life. <laughs> you well, know? Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it, about uh, about Gwen, Gwen. And, and and Reese is that you feel you feel really <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel really bad for Reese throughout all of series. I 12. love Reese, he's a great character. He's, really do like he him. is. He's such um the the way that he's been that he's been put across as well, which is completely intentional. I get this, but he's always, he always comes across as a real, just likable guy. Like yeah. he's, you know, I'm sure he has his, his moments like all of them. And I think we do get to see a lot more of him in series two, but, but the way well, we that saw quite a lot of him in this, in terms of he's pretty much naked for. <laughs> the first yeah. 10 minutes. Um, uh, but and the way that old little slap of the bum, at the, oh, the bum cheeks. Yep. Uh, the way that Kai Owen plays him, though, it just makes you feel even more sorry for him because Gwen essentially just treats him like crap throughout yeah. most of the series, and uh, uh, and so you you do get a feeling like, like I said at the beginning, it does make her feel like a light bulb's gone off. Like, oh my god, like I can't lose him because that she acts that scene really well when he dies. She does. Yeah. So that bit in the cells where she's literally screaming at the top of her lungs and she's hitting Jack and stuff. And then later on in the kind of hospital bed bit, they've got uh, the infirmary, uh, the infirmary bit in Torchwood where she's also goes nuts at Jack. And that's when they all storm off to go and open the rift. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Eve Miles smashes that. Yeah. Those scenes. Uh, that, she's really good, Eve Miles. Uh, and that's the thing. I really like the character of Gwen as well. I think she's a really good character. But then there are moments like that, like you said, because I love Reese as well. You do feel really angry with her when she does stuff like that. You know, like the fact she cheats on Reese. And like she said, he does. she does treat him like dirt a lot of the time. And But overall, I do really like her character. But yeah, I suppose it's good in a way because like, every, you know, people are like that. We've all got our flaws. So it's good really that she you know that she is written like that but yeah there are times that i just want to scream like oh you know poor old blimmin' reese like <laughs> yeah you don't deserve him exactly yeah exactly <laughs> but, then, that. but then you see you see that she really does love him like like you said that scene in the morgue it's she's you know acting absolutely superb and you do feel for gwen even though she's like made mistakes because you sort of feel like you can relate to it we've all made mistakes you think she's now sat there thinking you know, full of regret, and she's thinking, oh, but, you know, if I had one more chance, you know, I need to treat him better and all that stuff. So it, it, it does all come full circle, I think, in terms of, you know, although I don't like some of the storylines, I think, yeah, okay, it makes sense when you get to that because now she's, you know, full of remorse. and mm-hmm. So it needs to be there in that sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. No, it does, totally, yeah. I'm just glad they brought him back because I, even though I knew he'd come back, when he got stabbed, I was saying to my other half, I was like, how does he come back? I was like, I don't remember him being stabbed. Well, now how does this, because I was thinking, don't kill Reese. And if I was watching this for the first time, which, you know, I would have been back in 2007, I'm sure I would have been screaming at the set saying, not Reese, because you would assume, oh no, it's the final, they killed him off. Oh no, you know, because he hasn't really been a major character in the series up until this point. He's kind of been there in the odd, nice little scene, but watching this for the very first time, and you, I don't know if you can remember, you probably did think they'd killed him off. He seems like the sort of character of, oh, yeah, he sort of popped it now and again, and now they've killed him off sort of thing. Glad yes. they didn't, though. So glad he, they didn't. No, he's a great character. And like I said, I really like how Kyoin plays plays him. He's just got this kind of confused look about all the, all the time. He's like, what are you... He has no idea what she really does for a job, let's be honest. No. She stays away for nights on end. She's very cold and all that stuff. And he's just cracking on. He's just like, you know, you can tell he loves her. So There's there's Great. a very natural, um, the acting between those two is very natural, isn't it? Like they, I think they're quite believable, those two. Yes. Because um, yep. very often, a bit like, I know I joked about the scene at the beginning where he slaps his bum and, but she laughs quite gen. It's like a quite a genuine laugh, and I almost felt like, is that just a? Was that just an outtake? Like, did he just get up and do that? And she laughed, and they kept it. You know, what I mean, it feels quite genuine. I think I. I don't know that they're friends in real life, but they feel like they're really. You can just imagine that they get on very well yeah. off screen, yeah. um, because the chemistry is good between those two. I think, it is. even though yeah. it's quite sort of their relationship's quite strained at times. The, the sort of moment, the nice moments between those two, they, they feel very genuine. So I'd like to think they get on well off screen. It certainly feels like they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Did you catch Jack legging towards the TARDIS at the end? No. You have to, you have to spot it. So at the very end, Does he? at the very end, there's an aerial shot of Cardiff Bay and Roldale Pass and stuff. And the camera sort yeah. of zooms out you can see Jack running towards the TARDIS. It's, it's, it's very small. Well, the TARDIS is actually there. Mm-hmm. You, you can't see it in detail. It's just like a little blue. Oh, I didn't spot that. I just thought it was because, you know, so many aerial shots of Cardiff. I just thought, 
yeah, of course they're going to end on an aerial shot of Cardiff. I didn't didn't spot. No, I'll have to go back and watch that. Yeah, it's a, it's not tiny because it's a real high aerial shot and the camera's zoomed out. Yeah, you can just see somebody legging across. Oh. Roldale passes a little tiny. You can't. You can tell it's the TARDIS little blue block. It looks like. Oh, I'm going to have yeah. to have a look. I did not spot that. No. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Murray Gold did a bit of music for this one. Oh, it is Murray, is it? Yeah. Uh, that's one of my notes is that I thought the music was really good in this. Um, it sounded like Murray, but then we've said that a few times in Series 1 and it's been someone else. Yeah. So it was Murray in this one, was it? Well, okay. it's Murray Gold and Ben Foster together. Oh, Ben. Yeah. It's quite cool, actually. I didn't mind the music in this one. No, I thought it was very good. I, I thought because there's quite a lot of emotion in this episode it's a lot of scenes where people are you know really laying it on thick um and i thought the music really complemented it well so yeah I, I did make a note that the music was good yeah is it ben foster that was he the conductor guy that the, the doctor music or was that his brother because no it's ben, ben foster and that's no, ben foster yeah what's his brother's name he's also a musician yeah but no it's ben that does the ben all right, that stuff yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and what did you think to it there's another quite emotional scene where Jack essentially just lays into Owen in front of everybody. So when this is all kicking off, yeah. in, in a nutshell, Jack says, this is all your fault, mate. If he hadn't have gone and opened the rift, every you know, this wouldn't be happening. And that's where we get the whole sort of argument between the two of them. It's played out very well. And Owen's uh, sort of standing by his guns and he's like, we don't even know who you are, mate. We don't know anything like that. And then it comes to the point where Jack's like, look, I've had enough. You know, you're going to have to, you know, you're out of here. And then that's where the whole thing falls apart. That was a great scene, though. And then Gwen's obviously annoyed. She's like, well, you didn't have to bully him in front of everybody. But Jack, he's just, he doesn't care. I, I thought Jack was being a bit of a bleep, uh, to be honest. I was like, Jack, you know, Owen, save your life, mate. Give him a break. Um, there seems to be this sort of jealousy thing as well with Jack, doesn't there? He seems to be slightly jealous of the fact that he knows that Gwen and Owen have been doing the dirty as well. Because he's, he's sort of, brings it up later on and he, he does make a sort of um, mention of it when they're having that first argument as well. So I don't know. I don't know where, where that's all come from, but um, yeah, I mean, I, it does work well. It was entertaining to watch, but I did think, oh, you know, when Owen shoots him, I kind of thought, yeah, I think I would have done. Well, actually it sounds bad, but I kind of, yeah, uh, because you know, Jack's not going to die. I kind of wanted Owen to fire that gun and blimmin shut him up for five minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's just like, cause he is a bit sort of, um, not pompous. What's the word? He does, you know, he's a bit full of himself, isn't he? Jack, he's a bit yeah. of the big I am sometimes. He, he kind of needs shooting in the head now and again. Yeah. Because sh- <laughs> well, he does go back alive, listeners. Don't worry, I'm not being harsh. Yeah, well, that, yeah. I found that a bit inconsistent as well with this story. Mm. We've seen it in quite a few episodes where Jack's very much like, you don't need to know who I am, really. You don't need to know what's going on. Just trust me. You know. Yeah. So in this one, there's a bit where... I think it's that scene where he's having an argument with Owen where, you know, he basically says, look, it's your fault, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, Owen's like, so what the hell are we going to do then? And he's like, well, let's get this sorted out as phase one. I'll let you know what phase two is. You know, he's very much keeping his, uh, you know, keeping it sort of to himself. And nobody's buying into that at that point. But then later on in the story, Jack actually says, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to how to stop this sort of thing. Mm. So I thought, uh, so we had uh, like literally 20 minutes prior to that, it was like, trust me, 
you guys have got to have like complete trust in me. I know what's going on. I know how to stop it. And I'll let you know what phase two is when we get to it. And then 20 minutes later, it's like, how do we stop this then, Jack? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I literally have, yeah, I have no idea how to stop it. So they have to be careful, I think, with that, with, with his character. Because while it's not going to use the word fun to watch, but while it's cool sometimes to see him take charge and be like, look, I'm the lead. I'm the dude that's tortured, basically. I, you know, I know what's going on. Sometimes it can fall flat a little bit when in the same story, you've got him basically like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to fix it. When he's on the slab at the end, cold and gray and blue. And you, I mean, you just know it. And he's, you know, you're just waiting for him to come back, aren't you? Um, and Gwen sort of watching over him. She's, she can't accept it. I mean, it's a nice scene. I was expecting yeah. him to do almost do like, you know, the, the doctor when he <gasps> comes back a lot. No, like, no, it's Jack actually, isn't it? You know, he, I was waiting for him to do the big gasp of breath of oh, coming yeah. back to life. But yeah. He doesn't. I was waiting for it because, you know, that scene goes on for a couple of minutes. So any second now he's going to go <gasps> and come for a But he doesn't. He just um, just says thank you, doesn't he, or something. It's almost as if he's been awake the whole time. He just wanted to be cruel. and <laughs> Yeah, he's having a crack, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But I, I do love that. You know that room? So there's a sort of slow-mo shot of uh, Gwen walking away from the body. She's, you know, she's finally given oh, yeah. up waiting. For... Yep. Is that CGI or is that, because I really do like that design. It's got like two sort of loops either side of the walkway. We've oh, no, seen that room before. Yeah, is, it, set, is that actually yeah. a set, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I couldn't work it out. Half of it looked real and half of it didn't, but I, I, it's a nice, simple design. But I was thinking, yeah, the Torchwood layer it's actually pretty cool, and it? it's pretty cool sort of set and design and everything. I do love all that stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. They moved away from some of the silly-looking CGs. Like early on in the series, we had this scene where the bloody pterodactyl flying around oh, the hub and stuff, yeah. and all of that CG. And there's another bit where uh, Jack, I think Jack and Gwen, or it's just Jack, is on this big lift that's taking them up to the bottom of the fountain at street level. That's right. You know, and yeah. all that CG and stuff. So they moved away from all that rubbish. It, sort of, yeah. it blows up a bit as well, doesn't it, in this one? Like, it does take a good old battering yeah. to torture. It does yeah. explode. Like, Jack's office blows up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, but no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, yeah. there were some bits that are a bit OTT, but I do. I like the tortured layer. I like it when we get to see a bit more than just the weevil stroke Silence of the Lambs type yeah. prisons. Yeah. 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 But we yeah. knew it was going to come back, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Of course. So I think overall, this was really good sort of character performance episode for me, really. If you take aside, mm-hmm. take out the fact that the rift is open and all that jazz and the big Abaddon monster and all that, it's actually a really good progression for all the Torchwood characters. I think that a lot of them were kind of hit with a big slap of reality. And I think a lot of them were got all of their frustrations out and everybody's maybe on the same page a bit more so. It was good that all of these tensions and trust issues that have been building up across the series have kind of sorted themselves out to a degree, I suppose. Um, yeah, no, they did yeah. bring all those bits that have sort of been dangling throughout the series, some of which we've liked, some of which we haven't. Uh, it was good. Yeah, they've all sort of come to a head in this episode to, to make quite a good finale, haven't they? Yes. What did you think of the Abaddon monster, like in terms of its design? And also, did you think the CGI looked good? I mean, I suppose um, we're talking how many years ago now? 13, is it? When was it? 2007. So, yeah, 13. Um, it, it was okay, actually. It wasn't 
it wasn't too bad. Uh, I like the design. It, it looks a lot like the beast from the beast below. No, not the beast below. Sorry, the Satan, Satan pit. pit. Yeah, yeah, it looks a lot like that. Yeah, so you you were saying they're related, weren't? Well, that's weren't by you? design. Yeah, because this is the son of that character. So that ah. big that big beast character. This is the son of that. Uh, so yeah, by design, it does look very similar. Although, I, I think when they did the Satan pit and that story i think they were going for a very traditional like devil looking yeah thing, whereas this guy's a bit more uh science fictiony kind of thing so mm. i didn't mind it like i said it wasn't it was my least favorite bit of the of the episode but in terms of cg stuff it was okay the only bit i wasn't too taken with there was a bit where you see like from behind the, the yes. creature's shoulder as he's walking across cardiff yep that looked a bit ropey it did. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I, I like the design of it. Like the So when you open up Wikipedia, it's got a picture of it over, leaning over two birds. I like the design of it, but I remember like, the very first time I watched this, there's quite a big build-up to him being revealed. And I thought, oh, you know, I was waiting to see what finally was going to hit the screen. And I do remember thinking back in 2007, when he first appears on screen, I just remember my heart sank a little bit thinking, oh... He doesn't look very good. Like in terms of, I thought the CGI looked bad. I was like, oh, it, it, it kind of looks like they didn't quite have time to finish it. If you know what I mean, it's almost yeah. like you can imagine them sort of doing the CGI, and he's about ninety percent ready. But I just want to do a bit more grading on him, and I just need to put a few more feet. We haven't really got time. Oh, so I always felt like he just looked a little bit unfinished. Um, but actually, watching it again last night, it's not as bad as I remember. I, I, I think it, they, it, it's decent enough because he's not in it as much as I, I thought he was in it more than he is um so yeah they i think it's it's okay i think it could have looked better but like you said the worst shot is the shot of his back that's it just, <laughs> there's something about it i think they've done like an aerial shot but they've superimposed like the cgi back of the monster that looks pretty bad but the rest of it yeah it's not as bad as i remember but at the time i remember thinking it wasn't particularly a good cgi monster but it's all right it but I do okay. like the design of him. I just as I said, I just feel like, oh, he just feels like they didn't quite have enough time to to do to do him properly somehow. Mm. No, I read you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd also like to see the Billis character do a bit more as well. It felt like he was a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah, because he's so good in the scenes he's in. I mean, just to quickly talk about Murray Melvin, uh, who's a lovely fella, by the way. He's he's great as Billis. He's very unnerving. I mean, God, his eyes, they burn into you through the screen. Yeah, don't they? He's yep. got it's just he's just got one of those faces which um, and he is one of those people that looks really evil and scary. But um, if you ever get to meet him at a convention, he's a lovely, lovely fella, um, Murray. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to see he's, you know, he keeps popping up and you're so intrigued by the character and all the clocks. And he's just such a great character and so well played. Um, it's such a shame that. He literally just vanishes in the middle of the street. He's like, my work is done. Ha, 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 ha. Evil laugh gone. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It was a bit of an anticlimax. It was. Well, I wonder why they didn't bring it back. Yeah. Well, it... well I think, um, yeah, so anyone that's that really likes that character, he did come back in a big finish story. So the, the big finish box set, um, Aliens Among Us. Who's in that, is he? He's in episode six called A, a Kill to a View. So he, mm. he's like stars as like the, the baddie in that. So he comes back for that one. Mm. So if you want to check out any more of his characters in that. But 
like you said, and you are you are right. He doesn't pop up again in Torchwood the TV series at all. That's it. Oh, that is such a shame. Yeah, that is a bit. Um, yeah, I just wanted his character to be the more the driving force behind what was going on. It turns out he was just a bit of a servant for some. Yeah. So some god that was, you know, relying on the rift, which he didn't even do anyway. You know, someone else did that, and he was just sort of driving the motives to do it, really. But. Yeah, he's almost used better in um, in the previous story, isn't he, Captain Jack Hartness? He's quite intriguing in that story, and but again, he does just sort of keep popping up in different locations. It's uh, very similar to this story, I suppose, in terms of what they do with his character. Yes, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, so there we go. Uh, have you got anything else on your notes, Bud? You want to go um, not really. No, no, I think pretty much covered it oh there is only one other note i made which was um nice to see andy the policeman back again oh pc, PC andy. andy i do like pc andy <laughs> oh that's my any other note yeah I, I just literally put pc andy exclamation mark yeah i just think it's really cool you know him and gwen again there's that sort of comedy sort of relationship between the two of them i like that yeah yeah no he was a uh, he, he was in the very first episode wasn't he and he's he in, was um, yes yeah no he's a uh, well, I think he was anyway, but he's definitely in the earlier ones. So, yeah, it's just good to see him back. He's one of those characters that you only see for a couple of minutes when they're on screen, but you sort of instantly like them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's so, funny. Yeah, he's like good old PT Andy. Yeah. Just just pretend that I believe what's going on for a second. <laughs> Jack's yeah. looking at him like, well, it is true. He's like, well, just suppose it's true. And he, tried to get, he tries to get his head around it. Yeah, he's a cool character, actually. Yeah, I like him. I yeah. can't remember if he pops up again. I think he does. I've also got a horrible feeling he might get killed off. I, I don't know. I, I'm really hoping I'm wrong about that. He probably does. Oh, get no, don't off. kill yeah. PC Andy. I don't know why I think that. I've just got this gut feeling, but I hope he doesn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I love it when he just pops up. Yeah. Yeah. I've we got shall no, see yeah. as we go into the rest of the series. But yeah. Yeah, Don't thought... kill off PC Andy. His name just sounds ridiculous as well. I don't know why. He just sounds like a character from like a kid's animated show. Here comes PC Andy. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't, anyways, I've got I'm, no I'm other look, notes, bud. No, I've got no other notes. No. Uh, I think it's me to go first anyways. Alrighty. What are you giving it? Uh, I'm struggling with this one. Me too. Yeah, because... I'm in between two scores. Yeah, me too. Because uh, when I think about certain elements of the story, I'm like, yeah, I like that. It's all, it's all good. And some of the performances were amazing. Really good. But then I thought, oh, some of it's... Just not hitting the target. I don't know. So I think I'm going to go with a seven. A seven. Okay. Yeah. I was okay. flitting between a seven and an eight and an 8.5 actually. So I think I'll go with the seven actually. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, w- I was flitting between a 7.5 and an eight. Um, Cause I was going to give it 7.5, but then I looked at my scores for some of the other Torchwood's episodes and this is definitely one I've liked more <laughs> and I've rated some of them 7.5 so I'm going to give it probably a generous but I'm going to give it an 8 because overall I did enjoy it and I thought it was quite a good wrap up to series 1 cool. so cool. a slightly generous but I'll give it an 8 yeah, that's cool bud yeah yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part yeah I think if they'd have just worked on the ending a bit more yeah it would have probably went up to an 8 or a 9 or something but it's still good. It's still a solid episode of Torchwood. They're one of the better ones from Series 1. Yeah, and I, I did think it brought Series 1 to a good conclusion. It brought everything full circle, So, and it left me wanting more. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was decent. Cool. A decent cool. conclusion to the first series. I did. 
Mm. We had a, we had a few uh, a few reviews in as always, which is good. Uh, some audio clips. We're going to kick off with Matt Steele. Hello, Gary and Adam. Matt Steele here again. Hope you guys are well and staying safe during these weird times. Anyway, this is my review of the end of days. So I'm surprised I didn't get Trinity Wells in to read the news headlines. The character of Billis I found was fascinating. It's a shame they didn't bring him back at a later date. However, Big Finish are doing such a great job at fleshing out his character. Is it just me, or does the wallpaper in Gwen's flat look a little like the classic TARDIS roundels? Jack's not written to be very nice in this story. Seems he's more interested in staying in control than saving the world. The CGI for Abaddon does not hold up at all, and Jack is hamming up his performance when he's being drained. The whole Jack waking up to Gwen's kiss scene is really cheesy and quite cringy to watch. However, the ending makes you want to jump straight into Utopia. A decent story, the stakes were high, however the CGI and some of the acting let it down for me. They should have just kept Bellis on as the main villain. I give this story a 6.5 out of 10. I hope everybody listening and you guys just stay safe and healthy during these weird times and it will hopefully all be over soon. Okay. Cheers, Matt. Yeah, Jack, hamming it up? Surely not. Surely not. Surely not. Even when dead, Barrowman can <laughs> ham it up. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't notice um, the wallpaper. I'm gonna have to, when I go back and look at this TARDIS shot you mentioned, I'm going to have to have a look at a wallpaper as well now. I didn't notice that. Yeah, Roundels. I didn't notice that. No. I will have a look, Matt. The roundels. Yeah, cheers for that, Matt. Good as always. Moving on. This is Craig Bryce. Hi guys, hope you're both well. So, Tortured Series 1, the final. Now, I've been back and revisited the whole of Series 1 over the past couple of days, mainly for this story, End of Days. Uh, my opinion has changed on it massively. It is better than what I remember, um, but it could have been so much better. Uh, for, I'll tell you why in a moment, but first of all, the cast were great, especially Eve Miles. Um, her, I think this is her best performance in the whole of Series 1. When Reese is killed... By Billis, you can really see the emotion in her face. She is broken. Her performance is fantastic. That brings me to um, Billis. Movie Melvin's performance in this is brilliant. Why wasn't he in it more? I'd rather them cut out the whole of the Abaddon stuff, which wasn't really needed, uh, and just stuck to Billis and had a final showdown with him. He was fantastic. Not on screen enough, but luckily he comes back in a couple of Torchwood audios. Uh, this is Chris Chibnall's best st uh, story for Series One. Let's forget about Cyberwoman. Uh, I'm going to give this 7.5 out of 10. If they'd have cut out the Abaddon stuff and just had more Billis, it probably would have been an 8.5. Cheers, guys. Thank you. I'll speak to you next week. Bye. Yes, agree with a lot of that. Yeah, a I think lot. I agree with you, Craig. Yeah, which has came mm. back to a couple of points about this Abaddon thing. On paper, I think it's a great concept. But if you think about the execution, it just I don't think it was in the story long enough to make any sort of decent impact or threat. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, you know? he kind of turns up, gets defeated, gone. Yeah, you're right. It's not there long enough to care about. Yeah, and it wasn't teased or or brought into the story in an effective way, I don't think. If you think back mm. to the Satan Pit and the Beast Below, those stories, that whole thing was teased. It was really creepy and quite scary for a lot of that story. And then when we got the big reveal of the story... And we saw the scale, you know, when some of the camera shots, you saw David Tennant in his orange flight uh, spacesuit mm. looking tiny. And then that huge beast creature and stuff that that was done effectively well and quite cool. But like you said, then this one, he sort of turns up at the end, stomps around for a bit, gets killed and that's it. So, yeah, if they'd have cut out that stuff, done more stuff with Billis, I think we've been on to a winner. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, yeah, I agree, Craig. Thanks for your review, buddy. And lastly, this is that cheeky chappy. Alex Kingdom. 
Hello, Gary and Adam of the Big Blue Box podcast. How are you guys doing? Hopefully you're doing well. Um, the end of days, or just end of days as it's called, is a very mediocre finale to Torchwood Series 1, which in and of itself is a very mediocre series of television. Torchwood gets a lot better, but this is not the best ending to, and not a great series for me. Abaddon! That's the thing I remember the most from this story. Um, it's it's just a bit strange and a bit weird. I, I don't know. It doesn't really feel very finale-esque. I haven't seen it in a while, but I don't remember it. And if you don't remember a finale, is it a good finale? But the things I do remember, I don't really like. So I'm going to have to give it like a, a 5 out of 10. I don't like being negative. This is weird, but I mean, needs must, I guess. Have a good rest of the show and I'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Okay, don't worry, dude. Go and give it another good. watch, Alex. It might be better than you remembered. Then yeah. again, it might not. It might go not, and give yeah. it another watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool, mate. It's um, yeah. I think, I think Adam and I kind of share your view on that. It's a bit. It has been a bit of a mediocre experience for us going through series one mm. of Torture. We, we've we've really really liked some episodes, and other episodes have just fallen completely flat for us. But you know, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad wrap up to the series. It was a decent. Uh, so it just it was just good that it, there were two things that brought it together. Really, it was one of the better Torchwood series, and it was a decent way to finish up as a finale as well. So give it another watch, mate. You might you might you might like it. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's the audio clips. Uh, over on the socials, we had a few over there. Caitlin Dalek one hundred said. It's genuinely quite good. I think one of the things that lets it down is the big CGI monster, though. However, I really liked all the cast uh, in this with all the twists and turns that this story has to offer, which is good. Murray Melvin as Billis is an absolute villain, so 8.5. Mm, okay. Our writer, Jordan Shortman, says, I do like this one. Billis is a villain who should have appeared in later series of the show because he's so good. Abaddon looks a bit dodgy CGI-wise, but an yeah. imposing monster nonetheless. And I really enjoyed the rising tension throughout. A good way to end series one. Tardis Net sixty six. It's a good. It's good until the big monster shows up. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Davros says epic feels of this one. A good end to an up and down first season. Jack at his best in this one. Just feel that Torchwood tries a little too hard sometimes, and that can hold it back. Ironically, uh, but a good solid seven point five. Mm, and okay. Sarah Louise, the running Hoovian. <laughs> says a very engaging story to end the first series a great concept and billis is extremely creepy i wouldn't have held his hands uh, interesting to see the consequences <laughs> of owen's actions to save jack and gwen and the team conflict that ensued it felt a bit like king kong at the end but overall a nine out of ten mm, does <laughs> uh, over on facebook we had kevin mullin said not a bad little episode this one i love how the tension builds up until the arrival of abaddon which looks quite impressive as it strides over Cardiff Bay. Billis Manja really should have come back in Series 2 as he is a truly brilliant character. 6.5 demonic entities out of 10. <laughs> uh, Kevin says, take care, everyone. Be safe. Be well. Joseph Cheers, Howarth says, it was a nice finale for an otherwise okay first season for me. Liked how there was a lot of tension building towards the end. It's good that everyone got some character development. But Billis was a great character and made a good villain. Not the best but definitely worth watching a seven. 
Okay. Miles McKenzie. I find it a very strange episode, but probably one of the better stories of season one. All the cast were great, and there were some great little character moments, especially with Jack. Overall, a 7.5. Hope you're both keeping safe in these mad, strange times. Mm. Thanks, mate. Cheers, dude. And lastly, Dean Jones says, a decent finale to an otherwise mixed bag of a first series. Despite the odd moment here and there, Tosh's excitement of seeing Owen back whilst Gwen is grieving, for example. The cast were pretty good and the drama and stakes felt engaging. Billis is a decent presence as the antagonist, but the resolution of the plot rushed. But nice link to Doctor Who series three at the end. A seven out of ten. Mm. So plenty of sevens. And a, decent scores. And a few uh, a few a few eights. So and I think we all share a common I think the consensus is that this was a decent finale to end up a, a fairly mediocre-ish up and down series one. It's it's taken a while to find its feet, doesn't yes. it? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yo, next week, bud. What are we on to then? So next week, and this is genuinely coincidence, isn't it? We didn't really sort of, this just sort of happened to be the next story that we picked and it and and we'd completely forgotten about the ending to end of days. So next week we're doing Utopia, which is a really, really nice coincidence because that follows on well, directly from the end of this, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So and, yeah, uh, Utopia next week, tenth doctor. Yes, and uh, like Adam said, this is a 100% coincidence accident. So when I was putting all these things in, I was just going back to each Doctor. I was like, all right, we've got Modern Who this week. Let's have a look. Oh, we haven't done that one. Let's do that one. So yeah, it's a nice little happy accident that we lead on to uh, to Utopia. So get that watched mm-hmm. as we'll be asking for your reviews and stuff next week. And I think we'll do there, bud, for 261. All righty. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us here at the Big Blue Box and listening to 261. It's been great to have you aboard, as always. I hope you guys are all taking care of yourselves and keeping safe and healthy and all that stuff. Make sure you stay home unless you have to. And just listen to, listen and watch Doctor Who. There are worse things that you could be watching (laughs) at the moment, i.e. sleep no more. (laughs) Don't, don't keep mentioning it there are worse things you could be watching anyways (laughs) thank you as as i've said massive thank you to everybody as always um and thank you to send uh, for sending your audio clips and your other reviews and thoughts or uh, the best part of the show we love hearing what you guys think to the review stories next week as adam said we're on to the 10th doctor utopia so get that watched get your blu-rays or your dvds out or iplayer fire that up and get that watched so keep an eye on the socials on monday in the meantime, head over to our website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our shows over there. Plus, you can link off to the various podcasts, networks, and apps so you can give us a sub so you don't miss a show when it lands every single Friday. And if you've got a minute to leave a review or a rating, that would be awesome because it helps us out so much. Uh, we're also on YouTube now. So head over to uh, YouTube just to a search for the Big Blue Box uh, or I'll put a link in the show notes, give a sub over there. We do live streams, which is very cool. Come and hang out and chat Doctor Who when there's nothing else to do during the lockdown. Or even when there isn't a lockdown, come and join us anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow over there. And also check out my co-host channel over on YouTube, The Geeks Handbag. The Geeks Handbag. Yeah. <laughs> Loads of yes. cool videos there. 
as always just grab a cup of tea grab a cuppa settle in and go and check out loads of of adam's videos so much cool stuff over there cheers bud we will be back next week for episode 262 reviewing utopia and going through whatever news emerges upon us at that point uh, it's looking fairly quiet at the minute so hopefully fingers crossed we'll uh, we'll have something but uh, until then please take care of yourselves stay healthy stay safe and all that lot until then my name's gary my name's adam and remember and-